production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning, I'm Amy Goggins, filling in for Natasha Belling. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 1st of February. Well, starting in the UK and the British Prime Minister has apologised and vowed to get on with the job after his office was found to hold a number of parties during the country's harsh lockdown. A number of revelations have come to light over the past few months into the so-called Partygate scandal with a 12-page report by MP Sue Gray released overnight finding a lack of leadership and condemning excessive drinking at the PM's office. Here is Boris Johnson. It isn't enough to say sorry. This is a moment when we must look at ourselves in the mirror and we must learn. And while the Metropolitan Police must yet complete their investigation, and that means there are no details of specific events in Sue Gray's report, I, of course, accept Sue Gray's general findings in full. 16 different events in 2020 and 2021 were investigated in the report, with UK police now looking into 12 of them. Back home and a financial boost is on the way for our aged care workers, with the Prime Minister set to announce two cash payments of up to $400 each. It's expected to be unveiled during a speech to the National Press Club today, with the first payments to be made available this month. The $200 million package is hoped to encourage staff to continue to care for the elderly in what's been a very difficult two years. Meantime, a new campaign is set to encourage more travellers from the UK, Europe and Japan to take up working holiday visas down under. The $7 million campaign is to promote the government's new refund of the visa application charge with hopes it'll help in reducing current pressures on tourism and hospitality sectors. A tragic story out of Sydney's east on the last day of school holidays with a father and his nine-year-old son unable to be saved after they were washed off rocks while fishing. Five ambulance crews and a specialist team on board a rescue chopper were sent to Little Bay just after three o'clock yesterday afternoon after reports the pair was struggling in the water. This witness has told Nine it was frantic scenes. People screaming and more police frantically trying to make their way down on the cliff face. Both were under the reef, couldn't get out and died drowning basically, and the wife looked on helplessly. A report will now be prepared for the coroner. Also making news today, HMAS Adelaide is running to trouble, this time on the trip back from Tonga, where it's been providing aid. The Department of Defence has confirmed the ship has experienced a power outage while at sea. However, essential services have been restored by a backup energy source with specialist crews now on the way. It comes after more than 20 crew became infected with COVID on the journey over. And the Federal Health Minister has issued a warning as children start returning to class across the country. Greg Hunt expects case numbers of COVID to rise amid rapid antigen testing requirements in both New South Wales and Victoria. The fact that schools are going back and we uh, could well expect with uh, a broader screening program asymptomatic cases to be detected amongst children and therefore the overall number of cases may rise, we don't know, but may rise uh, off the back of that asymptomatic testing program. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. And we start in Sydney. A man is preparing to face court today 
charged with murder after the body of a woman was found in the bath of a Western Sydney unit. Our reporter Sasha Barbagat has more. A 20-year-old man has spent the night behind bars after he was arrested and accused of killing 19-year-old Amina Hyatt inside the unit they shared in North Parramatta. Police have described the scene inside the apartment as very challenging. Her body discovered in the bathtub on Sunday afternoon, while hazmat crews had to be called to help assist officers due to chemicals being at the crime scene. The alleged killer handed himself into police yesterday afternoon after his photo and details of his car were released to the public. He'll face Bankstown local court today. Investigations into Ms Hyatt's death are continuing under Strike Force Janola. And to Queensland, an inquiry has begun into the state's under-pressure corruption watchdog. As our Brisbane reporter Melissa Blomley explains, it's history repeating for the state. The former judge who oversaw Queensland's landmark Fitzgerald inquiry back in the 80s will head the probe into the structure of the Crime and Corruption Commission, a body that was created as a result of the first inquiry. It follows the recent departure of three watchdogs in the department and forms part of the Palaszczuk government's response to a damning report that found that Triple C acted outside its specific powers in relation to fraud charges levelled against eight Logan City councillors in 2019. But state opposition Leader David Crisop Fully says anything short of a full royal commission, which opens the state government to investigation too, is a cop out. What we've seen in the last week has been the darkest chapter in this state's history in over three decades when it comes to integrity. The Premier is willing to subject the Triple C to scrutiny, but she's not willing to do the same for the actions of herself and her government. And Queenslanders are going to see right through that. The inquiry is said to take six months to complete. Now for the latest in business and finance news with Scott Phillips from the Motley Fool and the Good Oil podcast on Listener and Scott. All eyes on the RBA today with most market watchers expecting an interest rate rise later this year. Amy, good morning. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. Bad news for mortgage holders, of course, if it does happen, but possibly good news for the economy because if inflation gets out of control, then we're going to have some bills to pay. Now, the RBA won't increase rates today, almost certainly, but they put out a statement every month, and that statement kind of gives the market a sense of what the RBA itself is expecting next. We know the central bank doesn't want to increase rates until wages go up, and we'd all like that. But unfortunately, right now, inflation looks like it might beat wages to the punch. And so the way they change today's wording and any announcements they make today on what the future might look like is what the market's focused on. Mm, watch this space. Well, speaking of inflation, we're all likely to be paying even more at the pump. We don't want to be doing that as Ukraine tensions send the oil price even higher. Yeah, to a seven-year high, if you can believe that. This is just the power of that sort of stuff. Now, Russia exports a heap of natural gas through pipelines into Europe. If there are ongoing tensions with Ukraine, potentially war, God forbid, or just sanctions from the West, it may limit or restrict or, frankly, stop outright that flow of gas. If that happens, it plunges a lot of Europe into some challenges. The good news for them is it's mostly used for heating And of course, they're going into their summer, there's a couple of months to come. But what it obviously does do is it puts increased pressure on other gas supplies and oil and gas really are joined at the hip in terms of pricing and demand. That's why we're seeing seven-year highs. And as you said, that's why we're paying a lot more at the pump. Uh, Another ugly part of the inflation story, but another one, unfortunately, the RBA will be forced to think about. Yeah, we're all feeling it. Now, this puts this uh, next story into context, I guess. Sales of Tesla vehicles have tripled in the last year, Scott. 
Yeah, there's some people smiling right now, listening to this saying, well, I don't care about the petrol price because I'm driving my electric vehicle. Probably a Tesla. Tesla makes up about two-thirds of all EV sales in Australia at the moment. Based on some numbers released just recently, 15,000 vehicles sold in the last 12 months. It's a tiny number in the overall sense of total car sales. But here's the, here's the number. They're actually selling more Tesla Model 3s than Toyota is selling Camrys right now. And that's a real reminder of the changing market. Now, of course, a lot of us are driving utes and other things, so it, Camry sales have fallen off as well. But when EVs, electric vehicles, and expensive ones at that are selling more cars than Camrys, you know something's changing in the market. And as I said, those people at least won't have to worry about petrol prices for a little while yet. That is incredible. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks, Amy. <laughs> Time for sport now with Hamish Finlay. Hamish, good morning. AFL head honchos holding a pretty important meeting today. Oh, that's right, Amy. Well, the AFL Commission is holding critical talks to work out just how to get this year's season underway. The big issue is the indefinite closure of the WA border and how to give West Coast and Fremantle home games. As you can imagine, players aren't keen on going back into quarantine for a third year. Still on AFL, the North Melbourne will have its first female president. Sonia Hood will take the reigns in the coming weeks when Ben Buckley steps down. He's been in the role since 2016. The club is now debt-free and Buckley reckons the time is right for change. All right, moving to the NRL now and the Broncos have named their captain. Yes, they've gone with Adam Reynolds, the club's prized recruit. Of course, he left Souths last year after the Bunnies refused to renew his contract. He'll now wear the skipper's armband at Brisbane and, in fact, will become the club's first captain to hail from New South Wales. While at the Bunnies, the man who replaces Reynolds as skipper, Cam Murray, is racing the clock to be fit for the start of the season. He's still recovering from off-season shoulder surgery, but he's told Nine he remains hopeful of lining up in round one. That's the plan, so um, that's what I'm kind of trying to manifest, um, but um, I've always said from the start of the process I'm going to make sure it's okay. I don't, don't want to rush anything. And there's growing talk too that former Brisbane half Anthony Milford will join Newcastle to replace Mitchell Pearce. Can't wait for the footy to get underway and Hamish, finally Justin Langer's future as Aussie cricket coach looks to be on shaky ground. Yeah, apparently, Amy, he had a pretty fiery meeting with Cricket Australia bosses late last week. His contract expires in June and he's been told he may need to reapply for his job and that didn't go down too well, especially so soon after our Ashes dominance. Langer apparently wants nothing less than a full contract renewal. Another big day in sport. Thank you, Hamish. Yes, indeed. Thanks, Amy. And a Florida teen has rejected a $7,000 offer from the world's richest man, Elon Musk, to stop tracking his private jet. 19-year-old Jack Sweeney runs a Twitter account dedicated to posting the whereabouts of the Tesla founder's private plane, with Musk offering him a few thousand dollars to take it down, saying it's a security risk. Sweeney has since made a counter-offer, saying he'll remove the account for $71,000, which is what Mr Musk is said to make every two minutes. As of this morning, the Twitter account is still active. We'll soon see if money talks. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also find the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Amy Goggins. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Natasha Belling, back with you tomorrow.
Kuchner.